Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Gamers Night Out podcast. As always, I am Caleb, and I am here with uh, Brad, Eric, and Frank. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, thank you. Doing all good here. Just chilling. That's always a, a fun way to spend Sunday evenings, just chilling. That's the way to do it. Yeah, no kidding. That's the best way to spend the last day of the week. It's it's a good way to prep for for Mondays because they're the worst. Oh, you're telling me I'm not prepared for Monday, mentally speaking. Oh, neither am I. I go going back to work tomorrow after a week off because of the storm. So definitely not looking forward to it. But um, well, Eric, why don't you why don't you go ahead and tell us about your uh, about your week? What all you've gotten done? Surprisingly, this week has been very, very quiet for me. Um, work has been very, very uh, peaceful. Mainly because since Monday was President's Day, I didn't have to do much when I was there. Yeah, I worked holidays and all that. And surprisingly, it was super quiet. I pretty much spent a good amount of my time just sitting there doing absolutely nothing and getting paid for it. And uh, just gaming, to be honest. I've just been gaming nonstop and beating all kinds of games. I think I've beaten, like, uh, maybe three or four games since the last time we were on a podcast together. Because I've just beaten Judgment. Amazing game, by the way. Everybody needs to play that game, especially from the Yakuza games. I think it's probably my favorite Yakuza game of all time for that story. And I also beat uh, Sonic Adventure DX on Steam. Very, very classic game. The controls and the level design have not aged well at all, but it's been very fun. Rayman Legends as well. Oh, God. Now that's a platformer worth playing at least once in your life. If you haven't played Rayman Legends, I recommend it highly. And I just started uh, Sonic Adventure 2 literally, I think, last night. Well, I should mention to anybody who wants to play that game on Steam, you're gonna have to set up. You're gonna have to go into a little bit in the into the actual system preferences and on the files just to change some stuff up in order to connect your controller to that game because it is set entirely with keyboard. I don't know why. Yeah, like the way how it works is that it set up, it sets up a launcher that you have to use to set up like the controls and all that. But even if you have like an Xbox 360 controller, because that's the one that it only really uses, you're gonna you're gonna have trouble connecting it. So you have to just Google a guide on how to set up the controller for just this particular game. So that way, I mean, you have to also set it up so that you can launch the game without launching the the separate launcher. Like as like that makes sense. Like have a second launcher to launch after launching it from Steam, and then from there it was just been a blast. A huge trip down memory lane. I'm pretty sure I at least almost cried maybe once or twice since I was playing it because it's just, uh the memories. But yeah, that's pretty much my entire week. So I've never, I've never played any of the Sonic Adventure games. I just skipped right over those and uh, went into Sonic 06. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> I, I have them. I, I've bought them. I just need to go back and play them at some point, but... Yeah, you do. <laughs> that's, that's a guarantee. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. Well, Frank, what about you? What have you been up to since we last got together? Work. Uh, I, actually, a funny story is my work computer 
crapped out and I had to return it to, I didn't work for a week and then I had to return it to get a second computer. But outside of that, uh, just gaming, gaming, gaming. <laughs> I I probably beat uh, like four or five games since last time also. Uh, don't really remember all of them offhand, but uh, like some notable ones, uh, Hellblade. I played that one again on. Uh, I originally played on PC, but wanted to get the platinum on PS4. Uh, and I'm right now. I'm playing Dust and and Elysium Tale. I think it's pronounced. I don't. I don't know. Actually, no. That but sounded right. It's it's pretty fun game. I've heard good things about Dust, but I've never actually played it. And uh, I just started Hellblade this morning myself because I've been meaning to get back to it for a while and. Uh, needed something kind of kind of short to get through, uh, so hopefully that I, I can probably be done with that this week and still be on track for my game completions. Nice. Uh, what about you, Brad? What have you been up to? Um, well, it's a working balancing out with the uh, snowstorms that put my wife and child at home, so that kind of cut into the time that I normally uh do uh gaming so i didn't uh do nearly as much i actually outside of my daily animal crossing and ring fit workouts um i wasn't gaming until just a few days ago where um i finally got to pick back up uh star wars knights of the old republic and i'm a jedi now so um yeah i got to uh i got to play it a little bit yesterday and today were the first times I got to play in probably like a week and a half. Um, so yeah, I finished a bunch of the Dantooine side quests. Um, I redeemed that like Jedi and became a Padawan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm uh, moving on forward with that story. I think I'm about to do that family feud side quest and then go investigate the uh, temple where Malak and Revan like apparently were interested in cor- got corrupted to the dark side or something like that is what little I know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. crazy thing though is <laughs> something else I jumped into uh, around the same time. Uh, old school RuneScape. Um, so wow, <laughs> someone had made a post about it on Twitter, and I had made an account back like in 2018 again. I played from 04 to 06, um, before quitting and moving to World of Warcraft for a period of time. Then I stopped playing MMOs, but I logged on, and one of my old uh, clan mates was on there and he re- he was just we were chit-chatting and I was just seeing where my account was I was just curious what had changed in the game was only going to get on for like five minutes and move on and he's like hey you should play again and I was like I don't know if I will but he's like you bought me a bond so you can get memberships without paying real life money so he just he dropped me some gold to buy like a bond and I have like two weeks membership again where I can just kind of screw around for two weeks so between Star Wars that and um my Animal Crossing and Ring Fit, I'm kind of balancing out those um, going around. By the way, 29 days until I hit uh, 365 days straight of Animal Crossing, so we're less than a month away now. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I've been really tempted to pick, pick Animal Crossing up and try to do a 365-day run of it, um, but I have just not found the motivation to go for that yet. Yeah, it's... It takes sheer dedication. I started it while I was unemployed. So mm-hmm. I was unemployed when the game came out. Um, I had lost my job in January, but um, I had sold like a cell phone that I didn't need anymore to basically pay for the game. 
and I went, I got it, and I just, I played it, like, every day at the beginning, like, hardcore, but then after the Easter event, which was <laughs> god-awful. <laughs> that's, that's when I dropped off, was the Easter event. Yeah, so I switched to just doing dailies around that time during the uh, egg drops, and so I'd play, like, 20 minutes a day, and that's kind of what I do now. Like, if I come up with a project, I'll do it, but for the most part, like, my daughter likes watching me play, so she, like, goes and points to the Switch and wants me to play for it, so that's been an extra speed boost. But um, it's easy just to go in and do dailies. Just go hit the rocks, dig up the fossils, go like get your two uh, free DIY recipes, and just go sell your stuff, and and then do any uh the event for that day, and you're done. Like you can do it in 20 minutes, and it's just mm. quick and easy. And that's just kind of what I do. Um, and it's it's fun. Um, you know, I've gotten all the fish, all the bugs, all the fossils. Um, paintings are a pain in the butt to get in that game. That takes years. I mean, that is probably like a two-year process. I'm not kidding. Um, and then the sea creatures, the last two that I need are going to be released next month, and I'll be I'll be done with those. So I'm running out of things to do very quickly. But the Mario items um, that are coming mm -hmm. out with the warp pipes will probably give me a bit of a second wind in March. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that. And, oh, I know. You know I'm... Oh, sorry. oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say the warp pipes are just game changers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, and I, I, I'm thinking I might pick it up for like the anniversary. I might start and try to do a 365 on I its anniversary. Go. Might be a good idea. I mean, they're planning a ton of free updates again. So they like that also helps is like they just keep supporting the game for free and it just kind of gives you just enough to mm -hmm. keep going. Even as you find yourself like, my God, why am I still doing this? But it's going and I'm curious what they'll do for season two of it basically after the one year. So. Season two of Animal Crossing. It's so like it's a battle royale. I know, right? I was about to say that it's they're going to turn it into a battle royale. Hey, <laughs> if you're going to start words. axing people, it'll be hilarious. All right, I'd love to see villagers going around each other's heads. I can just imagine Nintendo would be greedy enough to say we're going to introduce a battle pass to Animal Crossing. Spend twenty dollars to get this cute little axe is going to break after like five uses. 20 bucks. Look, I'm not going to lie, I would spend 20 bucks to cut other villagers' heads off because it'd just be too funny. <laughs> it'd be worth it. I don't care what anybody says. If you turn Animal Crossing into a violent hack and slash, I'm all for it. That would be that's awesome. Gonna that's what's going to become Minecraft Hunger Games at that point. Hey, worth it. Worth 20 bucks. That is worth 20 bucks to me right there. I can promise you that is 20 bucks well spent because... That's something you never would expect. That's out of left field for Nintendo. That's, let's steer away from the family friendly. If I'm gonna, like I said, if I'm gonna be going and just burying people. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Give, give whole new uses to the pitfall item, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You trap them in the pitfall, and you just shank them right just there. Cover the so hole. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Cover the hole. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm, I, I've now, by the way, we can, uh, we're going to pitch this now. Can we make this? I know we can't make an Animal Crossing game, but can we make a game like that? <laughs> I, you know, we, we know people, we know people that, that we can, we can make this happen. Let's pitch this idea. <laughs> I want this idea to be pitched as a way where you take like a, a peaceful life sim and you just murder each other. <laughs> We, we we should pitch it to uh, pitch it to Matt. See if he'll make it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> as well. 
<laughs> yeah, make it in dreams. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm totally on on that. Be like, yeah. So, Matt, we're gonna take Animal Crossing, but make it violent. <laughs> animal crossing meets the hunger games there we go well yeah, you know how uh, they do like the super smash brothers cross whatever animal crossing <laughs> sorry all right go on i'm done now. oh it's all good uh so uh i've, I've been kind of the same buddy you got as you guys i've been uh working from home this week uh mainly just stand by because i can't do any of my work at home but I still got paid, which was nice. Um, so I, I've been mainly doing doing schoolwork, trying to keep up with that. Um, but I have got quite a bit of gaming in uh, since we last meet. Um, I finished up uh, Phoenix Wright and Phoenix Wright, um, was it Justice for All, whatever the second one is. I finished yes. both of those. Um, I definitely like the first one a whole lot better. Uh, the second one, it, it just... It didn't feel as good, I guess. It was. It, I found it a lot harder, also, um, than the first one. Uh, but both of them are still fantastic games. Um, and I've st- I started uh, Trials and Tribulations. I think I'm in the second case on that one, um, and just slowly working working my way through that. Um, so I finished those two, and then I got the urge to play through Jack and Daxter. And I got like the the PS4 trilogy a couple of weeks ago, and so I booted up the the original Jack and Daxter and went through and got the platinum on that in like a day or two. It didn't take a whole lot of time, and uh, still working my way through Ease Origins. And uh, like I said, I started Hellblade this morning um, and slowly work, working my way through that. Uh, but that's pretty much pretty much it. Oh, and my. Two and a half year old, almost getting close to three year old son, is now asking for a switch. So I'm gonna have to deal with that before too long. <laughs> uh, he'll pick up my switch and pick up my wife's switch, and he'll be like, "This one's daddy's. This one's mommy's. Where's mine?" So, <laughs> uh, so it, will, it won't be long before I'm I'm gonna have to be figuring that out. I'm sure because he's he's getting all into the gaming. Um, so he'll he'll grab controllers when I'm playing and come sit by me and press the buttons and pretend he's playing. So, oh uh, yeah, starting them off strong. I see. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, let's uh, let's jump into some news. Uh, not as quite as many stories this week, but definitely some some major ones. Um, so we had the uh, new trailer for the new Mortal Kombat movie, which um, I think it's going to be really good. I I really I think it's going to be better than the other Mortal Kombat movies that we've gotten uh, in the past. It it just it it looks like it captures to me it captures the spirit of the game. Um, yeah. This much, if it's bad, it's still going to be good. Exactly. Well, and that's. <laughs> That's kind of one of my worries was that, like, are they going to make it where it's too good and it kind of, you know, because that's that's one of the things the, the Mortal Kombat movies that we have might not be great, but they're still fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it was entertaining because they, they, they tried to fit every single character, uh, whether it's just a name drop or whatever. <laughs> it became ridiculous. <laughs> 
but uh, I, I definitely am I'm excited for this. I might, uh, depending on the, the state of the world when it comes out, I might actually go try to see it in theaters. I'm definitely going to go see it in theaters because in my area, the theaters are still open and there hasn't really been too, it hasn't really been that serious in terms of like that. Like, they've been actually very careful, especially with theaters as they have like very limited seating. And I think like that movie's going to probably fall in that kind of thing where um, my only worry is that it's going to end up like Assassin's Creed where the moments that are like more connected to the actual like game, which I feel like is going to be like the combat sequences are going to be amazing, but the overall story is probably going to be either semi decent or very very bad. Well, I mean that will be that'll be par for the course thing because that's kind of like the Mortal Kombat games. They either have okay stories or horrible stories. So, yeah. but from what I'm seeing here, it kind of looks like it's going to be more of an origin story, kind of like like detailing like the first ever Mortal Kombat. And mm-hmm. they don't really know who's like who exactly is like the the sub zero in that situation because there's been at least, from my understanding, three sub zeros. So this is gonna be an interesting idea what they're going with. The thing I like the most is that they're actually going to have the gory attacks since in the fight between Scorpion and Sub Zero, you literally have Sub Zero using the attack where he turns the opponent's blood into a like a ice shard him and stabs him with it. Yeah, it definitely looks like super brutal, which is what I want out of a Mortal Kombat movie uh, for sure, so I'm I'm excited for it. I didn't think I was going to be when I heard about it, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited about it. Yeah. Well, and... I was going to say, if anything, they were going. If anything, they got the costumes right. That's pretty much all that they need to do yes. is get the costumes right. Exactly. <laughs> well, we have a uh, new Silent Hill game, possibly in the works. Um, there's been some uh, uh, some reports going around uh, that kind of make it seem like somebody's working on a new. Uh, Mortal Kombat game. It's actually the the team that made the medium. Uh, we talked about that a little bit the last time. Um, they've been dropping kind of hints that they might be working on on a new Silent Hill game uh, for Konami, which uh, you know I would be okay with more Silent Hill, but I don't know if it's gonna be the same. I think I think especially since Konami is not going to be the ones like if they if they are sending it to third parties, I think it's going to be. I mean, they might as well call it just like a different IP. Like they might as well just keep going with the medium. At that point, They're like something that takes inspiration from from Silent Hill instead of trying to resurrect it. Yeah, I'm all good if they want to make more, but uh, my personal feelings is just like I have I haven't enjoyed that series since the '90s. Exactly. Yeah, it, it really kind of that was it like Silent Hill Four, really like the last good Silent Hill game. I don't know. It's a bit like it's a bit weird because we're in a situation where Konami, if this is actually true, and Konami did outsource this to other companies, it just kind of falls in line with what we would have expected because at this point, like we don't really even know if Konami's ever going to consider 
making more games anymore because they have all these great IPs and they're doing literally nothing with them. So <laughs> the best yeah. bet we're going to have of these games coming to us in this new consoles is by a third party taking the IP and then making their own twist on it. I'll accept that more than I'll accept Konami like deciding that they're going to finally make a game instead of just making another Pachinko machine. Because... Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> let's start with that. You know, you, it, it definitely kind of seems like Konami might be might be trying to get out of the at least the development side of things. Um, they may I mean, say like as a like a publisher. Years, but... Personally, I think I don't even know why they bother keeping the IPs anymore. I mean, if they're not going to develop them or do them, part of me kind of wishes they would just sell the IPs. And just mm-hmm. get out of it completely, you know. My, you know, there's there's plenty of people that I think could do the series justice, um, you know. But I mean, in terms of selling their IPs, my thought was always personally selling them to Sony, just because I thought Sony would do them justice with some of yeah. their studios. Um, you know, Kojima's really working really close with Sony. You sell Metal Gear back, Kojima gets Metal Gear back, basically. Um, if you had Silent Hill would do well under it, Studio Japan could probably make a good Silent Hill game or a good Castlevania game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, bringing bringing those back because um, you know I I just don't trust Konami anymore. You know, they I mean once Kojima left, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Exactly. Um, they you know and they pushed him out. You know they didn't want to you know cover the costs and do all the stuff associated with Metal Gear Solid 5 and essentially piss the dude off and didn't yeah. even let him finish the game, which Metal Gear Solid 5 is a masterpiece for what it wasn't even, was only a halfway finished game. Mm. Um, well, and, and he was pretty well done. He wanted to be done with the Metal Gear series also. Like, yeah. I think Metal Gear 4 too. was supposed to be the last. It's where he wanted to end the series, and they, they made him make Ground Zeroes and 5 pretty much. Well, and that, Ground Zeroes was only released, though, because as separately, because Konami was like, you've spent so much of our money making this game, so we're trying to recuperate some of the, the costs. So they had him take the prologue of the game and sell it separately. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah. And then I think he was like 80 million in, and I think he said the game would have cost like over 100. I think he needed at least 80 million, or he had spent 80 million, something like that, and needed more. And they well, said, the no, budget was, was 80 million. He had exceeded the budget. That's yeah, crazy. and I think it was going to be like I don't know. I think he was to I think complete the game. He was going to need like a hundred million. And what's what Konami doesn't understand is people would have bought it. Like they would have made the money back. I mean, I uh, mean, in the it, first like three days, they sold like five million copies of the game on all the on all platforms. Yeah. So it's like they would have made the money back easily. It's oh, just, I know. They they just had a stick up their butt for some reason, and he and you know Kojima and them were feuding. And he the idea of Metal Gear Solid Five was to be the be all end all of the series. He's like, well, I have a few loose ends I can tie up, so let me just go tie tie up the timeline, and I, that's it. I'm done. And yeah, it didn't work out the way you wanted. I've I've always wanted that IP to go back to him because I I would love, and he probably wouldn't do it now, but I would love for him to go back and actually finish the latter half of it. And get like if it goes back to him, uh, we'll give us the Zack Snyder cut. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Zack Snyder cut of, uh, call it the Kojima cut. There you go. 
Kojima cut for Metal Gear Solid Five. We have the Konami cut, but we want the Kojima. Cut. I mean, technically, there is a Kojima cut because I remember that there was only specific copies uh, of the physical edition of Metal Gear Solid Five that contained like the twenty minutes or so of uncut footage that they were going to use for the third chapter of the game that would have connected to Metal Gear Solid One. And technically, that would be considered the Kojima cut, but I don't know. It's just. We're at that point where it's just nothing's really certain. And if I had to be honest, I feel like if there's one game I wouldn't mind Kojima making, I wouldn't mind if he actually got the chance to make that Silent Hill game when he originally was going to make before he got kicked out and he had that whole thing of starting with Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know a lot of people were so enamored with his PT uh, demo that to the point that now it's like, a, it's like a rare thing where people are just trying their best to keep... Silent Hills look like it could have been. It could have been like a very, very interesting idea. It could have even been like the competitors of Resident Evil now. Or it could have been like. It could have been in a timeline where we had maybe like three Resident Evil games and three Silent Hill games competing back to back on those same years. You were going to. You were saying something about PT, Brad? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, that game could have been a masterpiece. Um, Silent Hills looked so intense, you know, with, with Kojima. And was it Guillermo del Toro was involved, too? Yes, yeah. and uh, yeah, and I Norman mean, Reedus as well. Yeah, yeah, Norman Reedus. And then they moved Reedus over to Death Stranding, I guess, when Silent Hills got canned. Mm-hmm. But man, Silent Hills, I felt like it was going to be like a definitive horror game based on, based on all of that. Oh, and definitely. it's one of the gaming's biggest tragedies. Well, and I, I think a lot of what we saw from Silent Hills got moved over into Death Stranding, because, like, Guillermo de Toro is a character, uh, Norman Reedus is a character. It wouldn't have surprised me if we'd seen, like, Mads uh, Mikkelsen in Silent Hills at some point. He so I think he just kind of... Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he just kind of moved, took his ideas that he had for Silent Hills and, you know, the, the you know, casting that he was going with and just kind of moved it into Death Stranding. Uh, PT was a the, PT as it is as a tech demo is better than most horror games. Oh, it was it was terrifying. <laughs> I mean, just just imagine a full sixty dollar game that's like ten fifteen hours of that. I mean, my god. And I mean, just the the how you know, ten fifteen minutes it took to play through all of PT was was hard enough as it was. <laughs> Think about it though; they probably would have done VR support. For that. Down the road. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> imagine, just to think, RE7, it's, Resident Evil 7 is already crap your pants in VR. Like, it's not, it's almost impossible to play in VR. So imagine that <laughs> in VR. You'll die of a heart attack right there. Just that's it. It's like when you I watch just... the Ring video in the movie The Ring, you die in seven days, you'll die in 15 <laughs> You'll look like that too in VR. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kojima tried to do something clever with the uh, VR, where like he tries to have you go into like a prologue, and then like he tries to like repeat like the beginning of PT, and as you like you're crossing through that entire like area, but then you see the then you see like the creature that's trying to attack you, and then it cuts to black and it just says Silent Hill, directed by Hideo Kojima, produced by Hideo Kojima, and like some like horror bloody text. To try to like you know antagonize you and give you like such high anxiety. 
Actually, Metal Gear would be f- amazing in VR, like actual VR. <laughs> oh, for sure. Because with Kojima on board, like he would mind fuck you uh, and make <laughs> you think you're playing a simulation within a simulation. <laughs> I was gonna say I could I could see him like having a having a scene where like it takes the camera and like puts you, know, you like looks at your room that you're sitting in in the VR and puts it in the game and then like has something like standing behind you. Or uh, crazy like that, like that would be. <laughs> I mean, I feel like what he can do with that is make it entirely about Psycho Mantis, because mm-hmm. we, have, we all know how Metal Gear Solid One was with the Psycho Mantis stuff. That he reads everything that's in your memory card, and also reads like, uh, like everything that you have played, and then also like controls you, contr- like you moves your controller. Imagine what he could have done with VR. He could have made your entire body move with just like the power of psychokinetic. T- <laughs> I guess. Let's let's be honest though. The coolest thing we could do in VR with that is um, riding on a pooping horse with a squirt gun while uh, blasting uh, "Take on Me" in the background. That would have been <laughs> your definitive VR right there. <sighs> well, uh, Baldur's Gate is getting the druids in the next update, so you'll be able to play as uh, as druids. I, I haven't followed Baldur's Gate 3 like super closely to know what all classes they there are. I know they started with like the the basic like D&D stables. I think they had like paladin and wizard and barbarian and stuff like that, but um I'm I'm definitely I love the Baldur's Gate games. I'm definitely excited for this, but I'm waiting for it to be done. Like I don't I don't like early access, you know, cuz I'd I'd rather just play the finished product and wait you know, however long it takes for that to come, but, uh, but definitely exciting, uh, to see that they're adding that to the game. I mean, I've never played a Baldur's Gate game, so, I mean, I know a lot of people like them, so I'm like, that's cool. Um, Mm -hmm. everybody enjoys it. Uh, Druid classes are always pretty cool. Um, so, um, I don't know what their Druid classes are compared to some other games, though. You see, I think I think th- Baldur's Gate three I think is following like five e, uh, like a five e rule set. So I imagine it's pretty similar to to whatever modern D and D druids are. Uh, okay, the only type of druids I know about were World of Warcraft, and I just like transforming into other animals and murdering people. Mm. That's that's basically D and D druids. Also, as uh, they wild, well, there's there's other types, but the the pretty common one is like the wild shape. Where they change into uh, animals and do other things. See, um, that's dope. I like that idea. I mean, I, I loved my night elf druid back in WoW. So mm-hmm. I mean, Baldur's Gate might be able to sell me just on that. Yeah, yeah. One well, like uh, in the D and D campaign I'm in right now, like our druid, uh, they just released his archetype. Like his wild shapes are like constellation based. Like he's like a star druid, and it's it's really cool. <laughs> So maybe they'll start incorporating some of that stuff in there too. Um, so uh, got got some more lawsuits going around in the world now. Um, some lawsuits have been filed against Sony uh, because the DualSense controllers have started drifting, uh, which uh, is pretty much everybody knows the Joy-Cons for Nintendo have been having this trouble uh pretty much since launch and it's still it's gotten better but it's still i know like the new 
the new model Joy-Cons still have the problem too. So, I mean, I, is, is it just something with joysticks? Like, is it something with the thumbsticks that causes drift or is it? I think it's a communication issue between the controller and the console. Mm-hmm. I know I've, I've uh, seen a couple of people say that Sony told them to, to like wait for an update, which would, would definitely sound like it's a communication thing. Cause I noticed I, with the, at least with the switch, when I got like stuff between myself and the console, uh, it tends to be more likely to drift. While like if I have a direct line of sight, it does it less. Mm. So there's probably some kind of interference. Is that I pretty much play my switch exclusively in like handheld mode. So yeah, I've never had like a communication, but uh, when my Joy-Con started drifting, it was because like the thumbstick assembly was broken. Oh. Like there was a little plastic piece on the inside that broke, so it wasn't, it was like sticking. I... Are you still there, Brad? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I... um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my thing was I never had the, uh, the I had mild Joy-Con with my launch switch, but it hasn't been enough to be like hindering. It does it every once in a while. Um, I know I had some issues with it. My wife likes playing Just Dance on it, and if we would play together, sometimes my my blue one would drift. My neon blue on the left side would kind of mildly drift and be a little bit of a pain in the butt. Um, handheld mode, I haven't had many issues with it. I think I had an issue with Animal Crossing. A- couple times in handheld mode but it's very rare um and i didn't even have the drift until like last year so i went like three years from a launch switch before i even had a single drift issue and it's not bad enough for me to even consider replacing and i didn't even know the dual sense was having drifting issues until like recently because i haven't had any problems with mine so far um i didn't even know that dual shock force had uh drifting issues until like mm-hmm. this year and i found out that i guess i had that issue with one of my controllers but i own like 14 dual shock fours and i've only had one <laughs> that had a drift issue <laughs> yes I've, I've had it once with the with the dual shock four and like i took it apart and kind of took the thumbsticks off and rubbed everything down and put it back together and it worked fine um and i the same i, I had a drift issue with my dual sense but it was because my daughter spilt Coke on it and it got the thumbs that got sticky. Uh, and uh, so I took it apart and cleaned that up and it's, it's working great now. So, that's uh, good so I, uh, maybe, maybe my issue was just, I have kids. That, that <laughs> kids are usually a big problem well, with controllers. Um, I can tell you even when I was a kid, um, a lot of my controllers from my childhood had to be replaced. Um, I think I bought, to like my for my PlayStation 2, I completely replaced my DualShock 2s. Like I wore the heck out of those and they were barely uh uh working in some areas. So I um um but they were cheap to replace, you know, each one was it was like 7.95 each for like mm-hmm. a brand new DualShock 2 like in 2012. I ordered them on Amazon, was good to go. And uh it was great. But Yeah, I think you can still get new DualShock 2s. I see them every once in a while. Yeah, they're quite affordable, and I guess because the console was, you know, such a big. Well, I guess when you have the highest selling console of all time, you have a tendency to, you know, still keep it around. Yeah. 
Well, I just I just ordered the uh, <laughs> I ordered a wireless DualShock too. Uh, just the other day, it should be here. Hopefully tomorrow. First party or third party? That's third party. It's a Logitech. I had I had it like way back when I had my my original PlayStation Two, and it was probably the best controller. Dang, I had issues with Logitech for the PS3. My mom had gotten one, and like it it sucked so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, It barely it did not register very well on the three. I don't know if it was mainly made for because I thought it was said it might have been compatible with the two and three. I don't even remember, but. I remember like playing Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter 2 and like we couldn't even like do the multiplayer with that controller hardly like it didn't function the same. And so like we could never win because and so I asked my mom, I was like, can I just have like a name brand like Sony DualShock 3 so I can actually play the games with my friends? Well, the third party controllers back then were horrible all the time from what I experienced. Mm-hmm. I, I saw quite a few bad ones. Um, but there was a couple like I remember Pelican was okay. It wasn't like great, but it wasn't the the worst of the worst. But uh, really, this one, this just one Logitech controller. It's the only third party controller I've ever liked, and it was incredible. And I don't know if it was just if it was just that you know I didn't care as much back then, and I could play it wirelessly, so I could lay in my bed and play my games instead of having to sit in front of the TV. Um, but I, I do know that like the PS3, Xbox 360 era with Logitech, they, they kind of dropped off in quality right around that point. It was horrible. The one I, I tell you, I, I have scars from that. It was just so bad. I was so angry with how poorly <laughs> that thing performed. Oh, um, I need to, I need to go dig them out. I have some, I don't even know what brand they are. They don't have any logos or anything, but I have like some like PS1, PS2 third party controllers that my mom got me at a garage sale for like 50 cents and i'm they they look unusable like <laughs> i don't even want to touch them like they're they're that bad looking oh mine was my ps2 one that we had I had it for like 20 bucks and this looks like as if it was made with like the cheapest material you can possibly imagine. It kind of looks like one of those 90s controllers that has like very like hard like 
like material for like the triggers and the buttons. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But like it works fine for what it is, and it's just like <laughs> it kind of makes you think like where have we gone in this point in the, in this timeline where we just have like very very weird third party controllers that either work or don't work, look like look look ugly as hell but work fine, look freaking amazing but suck. And just with normal controllers nowadays is being very, very, very weird. Because the fact that the, this is a common thing for the DualShock 4, DualShock, the DualSense, and the Joy-Cons kind of says a lot as to what exactly they're doing with fabricating these these controllers. Like, I feel like we just need to get better controllers at this point. Or just VR headsets completely. Well, like, I don't know the answer to this. Are they using Bluetooth? For like the the wireless functions, or are they using some kind of like proprietary? I have no idea. I mean, I'm honestly not a I'm not a controller expert to be honest with you. I just I'm one of those gamers that literally boots it up. Yay, controller! All right, do functions. It's same here. So, but because I'm I'm wondering if that might be. I might mean, of... for me anyway, the re- I can tell the the reason why Joy Cons drift heavily because my. My right Joy-Con is pretty much impossible to use normally because it, it internally drifts to both the down and drifts to the right, and sometimes it drifts downward, downright. And it's because there's a, I think it's because, like, for me anyway, it has a lot of dust in it. Because mm-hmm. as soon as I blow into the Joy-Con, it actually starts drifting a bit less. So I think it's more like a case-by-case basis, but it's just, even still, like... This the fact that it's constant with all these controllers, regardless of the quality and regardless how good they are. It, I don't know. It's like I feel like there needs to be something they need to do internally to try to like remedy that because I doubt that the software is going to completely like help with fixing a lot of the dual sense like drifting if it isn't just a communications problem. Yeah, and I think the DualSense can have controller updates, though. So, I mean, there might be even something, if it's a software issue, they could update mm-hmm. the controller, and that might solve the problem. I know with Joy-Cons, there's no way to, like, do it. I think they have to be manually repaired on Nintendo, and Nintendo botched the whole thing, too, with the Joy-Con drift initially. And they were said with later models to have fixed it, but from what I understand, it's still, like, initially a problem in Switches still. Is that um, thing? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Nah, so I, I don't know what their solution is, but with Sony, I hope there's a software update for it, because I think I remember when I booted up my PS5, the DualSense, it was like, okay, updating your system, oh, updating your controller. I was like, wait, we mm-hmm. update controllers now? Yeah, they they updated, uh, I know the like the Xbox One controllers updated, um, and then now the, the Series X and the PS5 controllers update. So hopefully Sony's is just a software thing. Um, the Joy Cons can be updated as well because I had to do that recently when I started Ring Fit. I had to plug my, like, I had to put the the Joy Cons back on the Switch to update. But so, I mean, to me, it, that sounds like Nintendo's might be an actual like physical problem with the controllers, um, whereas Sony's very well could just be like a software. I had no idea the Joy-Cons updated, but I always have mine in the docking station, so maybe mine were already updated. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I've learned something today. I thought theirs, like, they didn't have the technology for it, and I thought it was just, like, DualSense and Xbox at this point. Well, that's good to know, though. Yeah, I, I def- yeah I've had to I've had to update it, like, two or three times, I think. Um, but, yeah, it has to be, it has, they have to be, like, plugged into the Switch. 
uh, to do the oh. update. So if you never if you never un, if you never unhook them, then you probably don't have to you know worry about it. But well, that's probably my thing. I only use a bro controller. So yeah, yeah, because that thing is I, I that thing is a godsend. That is like one of the best controllers ever made. I have one. I've never used it. Fix that. <laughs> I, will, I will. Uh, I will. You I will, will use never it for touch Animal a Joy-Con again. <laughs> I promise you, you will never touch a Joy-Con again when you when you use the Pro Controller. Like it is, it is so comfortable, and the battery life is insane. You can get like twenty four hours of battery life on it. I swear. Oh dang! There's a yeah. period where I didn't play for like two weeks, and it was still battery. <laughs> yeah, I I play my Switch every day, and I think I charge that controller once a month. Yep, I might have to get my setup to where I could use that because, like I said, I, I mainly use it handheld. Um, so I might have to hook it up to the TV and. Yeah, no, I mean, do it. I, I trust me. It is the most tabletop. comfortable controller. Like it's it's just perfect. It's the best controller Nintendo's made since GameCube. It's... Did you say tabletop, Frank? Yeah, you could put it on tabletop and use the. Oh, I guess you're right because it does have a it does have like a little like kickstand in the back, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they built in a kickstand, so like if you were to like be with a couple of people, you could hook it up on a table and use like the separate Joy Cons or do all that. You could do the you could do it with the Wii U too. You could uh, the Wii U if you put it on its stand and use the tablet and did that, you could play games. Like I like I used to play Smash on the Wii U tablet with a GameCube controller like hooked up to the system but i could play it on the tablet just looking at it the switch is the same thing with the kickstand oh well awesome well i'm gonna i'm gonna dig out my pro controller tonight then and get it charging because i want to try it out now yeah i I promise you it's 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 a game changer for the switch it's it's an absolute magical experience well uh we had another rumored announcement that's now officially uh announced uh diablo 2 resurrected is going to be coming out on all major uh platforms uh we don't have a release date yet but uh we do have that it is confirmed now um which is is kind of exciting i've never been big into diablo i've always wanted to be um but just never really you know, sat down and played it. So I'm I'm excited because I've heard uh, Diablo Two is is one of the better of the the three that are out. So yeah, a lot of people say people it's the that we're playing that one for like five or six years straight. Dang, that good, huh? I, I never played it myself, but I I love Diablo Three. It, it's really well done. Yeah, I I like it too. I still need to finish Diablo. I didn't go all the way. I used to play with some friends, and then like I stopped playing with them, and then I kind of. Like never finished it, but I absolutely adored the game. I had the Reaper of Souls edition on PS4 when it came mm-hmm. out, and I had a lot of fun being a Demon Slayer with my uh, dual crossbows. I was really into that. Um, but I'm excited for this because I didn't get to play it. I actually owned Diablo 2 for like... I think you cut out again. Sorry? Oh. You said I cut out? Yeah, we lost you there for a second. Uh, my connection's been bad. Honestly, you guys cut out sometimes a lot for me too. I don't know what the deal is. I hope it's not my laptop being old, but well, and it could um, it could be. I don't know if the weather is still bad for you. It could be that too. Well, it's been doing this for weeks for me though. It's it's with everything I do on mm. Discord. I, I don't know. 
Wi-Fi. I don't know if it's the computer itself or my internet. I mean, I have pretty good internet though, so I'm gonna take a gander that my seven-year-old computer might be. That's that's quite a long time just, for laptops. It's, it's laptop. I mean, it, well, <laughs> yeah, it still runs really fast though. That's what's crazy about it. Anyway, but yeah, it is. I've had it for a long time, and I'm too lazy to replace it. Um, at some point, I might my next computer. I'll probably build a PC. Anyway, I'm sorry. Back to Diablo two. Um. I actually owned it for like a day. So my dad had a buddy that gave us mm -hmm. like all those old computer games, like disc ones. And there was like all these really mm -hmm. cool games, like SimCity 3000 was in there. Diablo 2 was in there. Some Secret Service game was in there. There's a bunch of other games in there that not all of them I remember. But I wasn't allowed to play M-rated games back then. So my parents were like, absolutely not. We're selling the ones that are uh, not age appropriate for you. I was like, you guys suck. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, so I never got to play it, but I got to I got to own it. it was like in the box and everything, like mint condition, like all of it. Like I had the instruction manual, I had everything. My parents got rid of it. And like it was it was really cool. And those were when they came in like those big computer boxes that were like, you know, those big cardboard boxes with all the bells and whistles, and some of them had like flappable openings and stuff. It was it was cool. I wish I still had it. But so I'm really excited for this, though. I'm going to I'm going to jump on that, I think, because I really like three. It might motivate me to finish three this year and then just go to town. On yeah, two. I started I, I started with three and I think I played with some some coworkers uh, and then dropped dropped off when, when I left uh, that job. But I, I made it to like the first boss. We beat the first boss and then that's about the time that I dropped off of it. And I've always wanted to go back, but it's never been motivated enough so I, I think this is definitely gonna gonna maybe give me some inspiration to get back into it okay but this is vicarious um, visions too isn't it i don't know who i thought that's what they were sent to let me see if it see if it says who's who's making well, it I, thought... I, I think that's kind of what we thought was going to happen yes it is very uh, vicarious visions yeah so it's going to be good i mean vicarious is like legendary now at remasters so there's yeah no i, I imagine it's gonna be that. great they've got a great track record so um yeah no super excited um ready to do it ready ready to jump in on it um i know my brother's a diablo fan too he started on three and he's excited for it so well now uh let's get into the probably the biggest thing that happened this week uh we got a nintendo direct 50 whole minutes of, of new nintendo stuff Yes. 34 days later. Um, so I guess before we get into what actually was all announced, um, what did you guys just think overall of the Nintendo Direct? So for me personally, and and like I said, I'm not I'm not talking in generics. I'm talking about what it what it resonated with me. I thought it was just okay. Um, I thought they had some great announcements though. They've got um. You know, Pyro and Mithra, I'm excited for. I think they're great for Smash. Um, you know, Smash needed another Xenoblade rep uh, representative. And on top of that, I think they need more female characters. So I think that was a way to kill two birds with one stone, get us a couple more strong female leads and uh, another franchise that's underrepresented. Um, and uh, Skyward Sword. Whew! I've been so, I, so I've been dying for Skyward Score to be ported because... I wanted to play without motion controls. The motion controls ruined that entire game for me on the Wii. And um, for those that know me well, the Wii is actually like my least favorite Nintendo console. I actually do not like that thing. <laughs> um, I had some fun with it. 
with some of the games when I was a kid, but like after a while, I was like the motion controls and the gimmick behind motion controls have been a huge turnoff for me. But the idea to get to experience that with a pro controller as like it's got me like through the moon, <laughs> like I'm ready. <laughs> um, and obviously, um, three. Oh, sorry. Uh, Splatoon three was was I'm a big Splatoon fan. Um, I've been I've pre-ordered both of them and I've gone to absolute town on those games and I'm really excited that the next one in the series is coming in because I will. Well, <laughs> it's the only multiplayer game I'll play now. Um, that was neat. Project Triangle, which is the stupidest name I've ever heard, um, looks very fascinating. It looks like a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics. I think a lot of people. Um, will enjoy it. I'm very curious by it. I need to try out the demo at some point. Um, I've heard a lot of mixed things about the demo so far. Some people really like it. Some people think it's a little too story heavy um, in terms of just for a demo. So I'm curious to see where that goes. It's so it's like I guess it's like Octopath meets Final Fantasy. Mm, it's it's from the Octopath so, team. It looks like. Um, and yeah, I'm not big into Octopath like, developers, right? Yeah, uh, I'm not big into strategy. So I don't know exactly how, you know, I'm going to play the demo, but I'm, I think I'm one of the few people that does not like Octopath Traveler. So I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to like this. I one. haven't played Octopath myself. Um, I, yeah, the demo is probably the good one. I got into strategy games. I've played a few over my lifetime, but Fire Emblem Three Houses I played last year kind of really got me into the idea of it because I really loved Three Houses. So this if i uh play the demo for this and get kind of interested in it then i might jump into it although if it feels too complex it might be something i might not spend 60 dollars on so I'm, I, that's kind of what because octopath felt very complex to me um and was very grindy uh which kind of you know obviously i think i think wasn't octopath like a fairly new team like it's square enix but um i can't remember exactly where they pulled the people from to make octopath but uh so maybe i mean maybe they'll get better as the as the team makes more games but like yeah it i'm not super excited about it just because i didn't you know i, I didn't like octopath so i'm you know kind of being skeptical about this one hey totally understandable and it's it's yeah it makes sense and um as far as the other announcement goes with my, my switch is i specifically use it for nintendo first party games with the exception of um bug fables because that was a paper mario kind of spiritual successor so i was like i have to play it on a nintendo system and i got final fantasy 8 remaster on the switch so that i could play it at work when i was you know in an office pre-pandemic i was i would take it on my lunch break and i knew that was the only way i was gonna uh get the most out of it so I did that, but otherwise I don't play anything else. I like I literally buy Nintendo systems for Nintendo games, and I buy like my Playstations and Xboxes for like their exclusives, and then my PlayStation is like my third-party system. So um, third-party announcements don't really do anything for me on Nintendo because I know I won't buy them, but I know it's great for those who love to do it, and it's exciting for them, and I'm always happy that uh, other people get to experience the portability of it or get to experience some third-party games that we don't get to see with Nintendo as often. Mm -hmm. So those are those are my thoughts. That's it. <laughs> well, now is is were there was there a whole bunch of third party announcements on there, or was it? 
Were you talking like project, like the triangle strategy? Because I think it's not triangle strategy. There were, there were like a lot of the mini announcements, I think, were a lot of them that were going to be on multiple consoles or multiple consoles. Um, I think there's like, I know, like, obviously, what is it? No More Heroes 3, I know, is like a Switch exclusive. And Mm -hmm. apparently, the Teenage DC Superhero Girls is a Switch exclusive because Nintendo had a hand in that. (laughs) I I don't even want to think about that. Uh, I don't either. I. After scrolling through the list again, yeah, I, I do see. I had forgotten that. Yeah, some of these are yeah. are multi multi console. Um, yeah, and I won't. I'm not going to play any. Well, I mean, I won't buy any multi platform games for the Switch. Not because I'm against it. It's just it's not my console for that. I'm just I'm in it for Nintendo games. Um, hmm. and I know Mario Golf was a big one, but I'm not a golf game fan. I don't care if Mario's on or not. I just I don't like golf. Um, the only thing golf I like is Happy Gilmore. So, <laughs> um, which just turned 25 but yeah that's the only golf movie like i've ever enjoyed i mean except for, i guess caddyshack's all right too i, I do like caddyshack but um that's about the only I, other than that I, nothing i don't want anything to i i just it's not for me personally so mm-hmm. um the direct really only had like three announcements outside of the animal crossing mario items which had me like giddy with excitement because i love nintendo items and animal crossing and the warp pipe is is going to be my new favorite thing being able to just teleport across my island. Um, but other than that, that's that's really all I have to say about the Direct. I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys take it with your thoughts. Well, uh, I am... Uh, oh, go ahead, Eric. Oh, I was just going to keep it short because uh, essentially, I enjoyed it a lot. So I think out of everything I could say, but it had satisfied me as a gamer because it gave me a lot of variety and I, and I actually was not just expecting like the more because I feel like a lot of people came into this with like um, a specific mindset. Because we all know how people react when a Nintendo Direct gets announced. Where if it doesn't show them exactly what they want to see, then it's like a six out of ten or something like that. And for me, anyway, they showed a lot of games. They showed a lot of games I'm interested in. I think the one that really stood out for me was definitely the Mario Golf game because I actually been wanting a Mario Golf game since Toadstool Tour. And that neon light game, which kind of gives me a bleak vibes, because the characters kind of remind me of the Hollows, especially with mm-hmm. like their faces. And and um, besides that, probably just Skyward Sword and Splatoon Three. Oh, and also Fall Guys, because I haven't played it on my PS4 yet, but I would like to get it on Switch and try to grind for that Godzilla costume. Fall Guys is really good. I really liked it. Oh yeah, I had a lot of fun with it when it came out. I actually played with several people on Twitter uh, for over the two weeks that everybody seemed to be playing it. So I was—I think it's like the most fun online multiplayer game that was made because it wasn't a shooter. <laughs> so, but overall, I said it was just uh, an enjoyable indirect for me. Pretty much gave me a lot of games I'm gonna eventually play at one point, and yeah, can't complain. Well, Frank, what were your overall thoughts on the on the direct? So it was a very solid uh, in terms of what I was interested in. It didn't really grab me too much, but uh, I definitely excited for the Mario Golf thing. But I'm hoping they have the mini golf mini like mini game in there, like they did on N64, because I, I really enjoyed doing that in between like the actual golf. Uh, I also took an interest in that uh, those 
narrative games. I forget what they're called, but like it's like a mystery or something. Oh, um, Detective Club. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. That that yeah, looks pretty interesting. I, I I might pick that up. Uh, like the Smash announcement was. Uh, I I never played Xenoblade, so I had no like kind of uh, interest myself but i i thought it was pretty cool because i know a lot of people like that character uh but i i can't i have to say it the uh, can't believe they put another sword user uh, <laughs> but like outside of that i think that was all i took from it uh oh yeah project triangle strategy i i'm really curious i did like octopath for its presentation uh but it was very dry in incenting me to keep playing, so I I did fall off on that. So I, I am weary about this game too. But uh, Three Houses really opened my mind to that tactic style gameplay. In the it depending on the demo, I still need to play it. I might actually pick it up. No, I know. I know the people who love like Final Fantasy Tactics have been raving about how good it is. Um, but then I also have seen some people that have been kind of disappointed with the demo. So, um, you know, I have it downloaded. I'll I'll give it a shot. But you know, I think it, I think it's going to be one of those like you know, some people love it, some people don't. Yeah. Isn't that almost any game nowadays? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, especially with, you know, dealing with people on Twitter. I mean, I feel like that's just Twitter in general. Twitter, if they love it, they hate it. (laughs) Exactly. It's so true. It's, yeah, the internet is, especially Twitter, is extremely toxic about anything. I mean, my God, just look how people reacted to the directs. And people are just saying it's like the worst thing. And I'm like, no, it's not. It was a great, it was great for a lot of people. Like the direct Mm -hmm. itself was great. Like they gave us something, they gave plenty of announcements of what, it's what a Nintendo direct was. Just because it didn't have something you want doesn't make it bad. Yeah. In general, mm-hmm. you know, I, while the direct didn't specifically appeal to everything for me, there was only a handful of announcements that uh, there were a lot of other people that a lot of it appealed to, and that's what people mm-hmm. need to respect and understand. People, people get overhyped with these Nintendo things just because I, I, I think it comes. Well, I don't think yeah, it comes from a bad some place. Crazy directs in the past too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some where Nintendo is just dropping bombshell after bombshell after bombshell, and so I think you know every once in a while you get one of those, but you can't expect that for every direct. Yeah, but the problem was I think with people this time is it had been so long since we had a mainline direct. I think they had unrealistic expectations, which mm-hmm. exactly I I understand that part to an extent because i think a lot of us were like 50 minutes what we got a real direct you know september 2019 was the last regular direct and so you know normally we get them every three to four months so it's like a once a quarter thing and you're like oh and then they kind of did them with the pandemic and everything they kind of had to switch to like mini directs Mm -hmm. so just game specific or whatever and i know we're gonna have more mini directs as the year goes on there's there's gonna be more pokemon directs you know you're gonna have a sakurai presents for Pyra and Mithra coming up right before they release next month. Um, and Pokemon seems to really just be doing its own thing. And, you know, Nintendo, what they're going to do is, the, I think they'll have their E3 direct again this year. Mm-hmm. And you know they're going to drop those freaking bombshells at E3. E3 is usually their best direct of the year because that's when everybody's doing all their big releases. So we're going to see those second half games. And for some of those big announcements, that the E3 direct might be the one where you finally get to see your Breath of the Wild release date. And on top of that, you actually might, may or may not, don't know, 
Bayonetta three and Metroid Prime four might actually have some footage. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold my breath on those because you know part of me thinks they don't exist. <laughs> well, I mean, the developer did say not to get your hopes up about Bayonetta three recently, so yeah, uh, you know that's kind of not looking good. But but yeah, I definitely think it was it was overhyped because it had been so long. But and I think people were expecting more Zelda and, and more Pokemon because it is their they do have anniversary like big anniversaries this year. Yeah, on and... the Zelda, I saw a lot of people say like, oh, "I wanted this Zelda instead." And I mean, my thought on that is, it's more Zelda. Like, yeah, never shut be the hell up! You're getting more I mean, Zelda. Exactly. <laughs> like, Twilight Princess no, when the last Zelda, remaster <laughs> they released was Twilight Princess. <laughs> it's yeah. Like... You know, oh, they man. they remastered Wind Waker. They remastered Twilight Princess. Like Skyward Sword was up next. Yeah, you know. and. You know, and, you know, there's still a chance. I think a lot of people have been, you know, the commands for the others, too. I think the frustration is, is the Wii U didn't do a lot. And I think everybody, there's a mindset that everything from the Wii U should be ported to the Switch. I think that's where some of the spoiledness is. I agree, to. but not to the extent where it has to be, like... <laughs> no, I agree with you. Like, right now. Like, I yeah. think that's the problem. I think uh, it's yeah. a good idea, but yeah, it's... It's. I, I think that is because of it. A lot of those games didn't sell on Wii U. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw the sales numbers for Super Mario 3D World, which is considered one of the better Mario games. That, um, some people will call it the best Mario game ever made. I, But yeah, anyway, besides the fact it's a great game, it sold like 400, they said it sold like 414,000 copies on the Wii U, and that's already shattered that, right? It's going to be a multi-million seller on the Switch. I, I yeah. bought it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's it's crazy, but that's that's just the power of the Switch. So I think that's why a lot of people want that is it's this opportunity for people to experience these games. And I guess some people think yeah. it's unfair that they landed on a console that in reality died after um, just, a, you know, not uh, died after like five years. So yeah. it was um, because it just flopped and I get it. And here's the idea. It's not like they can't be ported to Switch still or still. There's so much to the Zelda anniversary. Mario's anniversary goes till next month. You know, mm-hmm. we're just, this is just the tip of the iceberg for the Zelda anniversary. You know, they gave us our sneak peek at it. If you don't think for a second that there's not going to be more announcements at, Z, at E3 on Zelda, which, by the way, for the 25th anniversary, they did all their big stuff at E3. Yeah. So, like, just expecting in February that, like, we're going to get 500 million Zelda announcements. No, we didn't get a Mario 35th anniversary focus direct until, like, what was it, like, August? Yeah, like so, yeah, late July, early August. Yeah, and we were like, hey, by the way, here's the Super Mario, you know, the Mario 3D collection that was heavily rumored the entire time. You get it in like a month, and we're like, whoa, okay, then let's do mm-hmm. it. So people got to understand how it works and that there's other events and there's more time throughout this year. The Zelda anniversary will probably go into next March like Mario's did this year. So there's yeah. probably a lot going on, and people need to understand that. And that, yes, it was a gut punch for to have somebody pop up on screen and said, hey, I know you're looking for Breath of the Wild news, but we're not giving it to you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it did. You know, I don't even think he had to say anything. They could have just said Skyward Sword and left it at that. Like, I think he probably could have just left him. Off. I think that would have been even worse, though, because then people would have been uh, like, I think the Breath of the Wild That's true. Uh, I mean, 
I, I don't. I think it was a lose lose situ- situation either way. I mean, I, I hurt from it too. I understand that things take time. I think the hardest part for me was is they were able to give us something in 2019. So you'd hope that they have a little bit of something yeah. in 2021. What, one thing I've heard from Nintendo is that they'll okay. announce games like, 40 it's, years it's early, the and then uh... they'll have stuff down the road. And I think. awkward pauses <laughs> uh, I, I was just saying that like nintendo they, they announce things so like years before it comes out and then like they go quiet up until like a month before releases <laughs> yeah that's like yeah that's biggest, that's like the biggest problem because they'll either announce a game that's like two months away from release or like a few months away from release or they'll Let's announce a game it... that we're still working on it yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, i think I'd rather them not. And this is this is not a Nintendo thing only, but I'm actually becoming less of a fan of developers like revealing stuff way in advance. Yeah, and then you know not being anywhere near ready to deliver, and it might go completely. You might go like two, two, three years without any news, and you're just like, well, why'd you reveal it? Like I, I'm kind of in a big thing is if you feel like you can't release it within within a year of revealing it, then just don't reveal it. You know, I mean, I'm. F- I usually get more excited that something drops and they're just out of nowhere and they're like, hey, this is either this is gonna be available in the next like month, one to three months, and you're like, holy crap, and then you get nuts and you go to town on it. You know, it's that's more yeah. exciting than trying to build up, you know, years worth of excitement and then you might have you might suffer from overhype and it doesn't live up to the expectations. I would I would say six months. If you can't give me the product within six months, don't tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, it's not even just Nintendo, even PlayStation had this weird problem as well. Because, like, Dreams, Ghost of Tsushima, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Last of Us Part Two, Uncharted 4. How many of these games were allowed? Like, when were these games announced? Like, Final Fantasy VII was announced in 2015, and we didn't even see anything. Well, okay, that's a Square Enix. Final Fantasy is a Square Enix problem. Yeah, Final Fantasy is awful. (laughs) But still, it's like, like, it still was a PlayStation exclusive in that moment. And because we were in The Last of Us, like, that was announced, what, 2018? We didn't see anything, and we kept seeing it for two years. It kept showing, no, 2017, actually, it was. And then we didn't get it until 2020. Then for Ghost of Tsushima, what was it, like, 2017? Three years of waiting. It's like yeah, well, they, that's normal. Uh, it's when it's like a, they reveal a game like forty years later. It's like oh, by the way, here it is. Uh, yeah, I think I think like the the Last Guardians, Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, Duke Nukem Forever is another one that they they announced that like <laughs> twenty years before the game came out. I mean, when we have games like that, like that's way too much. But you know. If you do it at E3, well, yeah. then yeah, like two or three years is not awful. But I disagree because it's like if you're going to announce me something and like a big major like uh, event, then I expect it to be within like a year or so because it's like I'm tired of just like waiting for these games to come out and then just revealing almost everything about the game to me before it even shows. And oh, like... that that's unacceptable is when they show like 40 trailers in the in the limbo. Like yeah. the Kingdom Hearts, where they had like twenty trailers, uh, mm-hmm. or the and, like, Final new. or like the Final Fantasy VII remake, where these were the Twitter, which is like revealing screenshots of almost every area that was in the game, and just like 
Yeah, I stayed away from that stuff, but yeah, it's like I one one trailer and then like it's you either get it or you don't play the demo if you want, but that's <laughs> you should know by that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple more major points from the direct to hit. Um the uh Skyward Sword themed Joy-Cons are coming out. I want them. Uh, I've been checking Amazon about every hour to see if they've posted pre-orders. Um, but it, it makes me kind of nervous that we won't see a Zelda-themed console if they're releasing themed Joy-Cons, because I feel like that just competes against yourself at that point. Um, so, that, I mean, that makes me a little, a little nervous, uh, slash, like, preemptively sad that we won't get that. Um, but the Joy-Cons look amazing. Um, we are going to get the Monster Hunter Rise uh, limited edition Switch and controller, uh, which I think we talked about that. It was either last time or the uh, the time before we had talked about that the, it was coming out in Japan, but we weren't sure if we were going to get it. Um, and they didn't announce it's coming here to the West. Um, let's see. The Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is getting an expansion pass. Uh, that will feature two uh, looks like major content upgrades or uh, I haven't played that one yet I know Brad you've played it uh, yeah so my thing on Asia Calamity was gameplay characters great um, I was not happy with the direction of the story and what they did with it so I'm skipping uh, any DLC related to it because I'm still bitter about the story I'm I'm, I'm planning on checking it out um, I might wait for for all the DLC to be out and just play it all, but um, I, I, I've heard the general con- that's kind of been the general consensus is that the story wasn't it wasn't the greatest. Um, let's see, we touched a little bit on the Super Mario items coming to uh, Animal Crossing. Um, we touched on the two the fam- it's the Famicom Detective games are the ones that Frank was talking about. Uh, the missing heir and the girl who stands behind, um, which I had never heard of those before. They look, they, I'm with Frank. They look really good. Um, they're sold, and then they're they're going to be sold separately. But I know if you buy one, you get a discount on the other one. They announced that after the direct. Um, yeah. It's not a very large discount, but uh, what were you saying, Frank? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll be buying them a, as a bundle, so I'm gonna be going for that saving because I I know I I recently got into those kind of uh, narrative games where like a mystery narrative. Mm-hmm. I know you've been playing quite a few of them recently. Yeah, uh, I think the best one I've played this generation is a uh, AI. The uh, I always forget that. Uh, the Somnium Files. Yeah, that one. I've been able <laughs> to play that. It's Damn. so good. It's like it's like a masterpiece. Good. Uh, we're getting. Uh, I'm excited for this one. We're getting Legend of Mana remastered. Um, it's coming out sometime soon. Uh, big fan of those that series. My wife is a big fan of that series, so I'm excited to uh, to pick that up. Um, no more Heroes Three. I uh, got a release date. It's coming out in August uh, August 27th of this year. Uh, let's see what was the 
And then we got the uh, Saga Frontier Remastered trailer, which I'm going to get that. I'm not super excited for it. I'm not a big fan of the Saga series, but I will buy pretty much anything that's a JRPG. So I'm going to give it a shot. Um, And then the other thing of note uh, for me was the Hades physical release uh, coming out in March. which I, I've I've been wanting to play Hades. Everybody's just been raving about it, and uh, people excited about the physical release. Even though they already got it digital, they're gonna get it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of suspected that they would do a physical release, um, and so I kind of I kind of held off a little bit because I'd much rather have have a physical copy. Um, so I'm excited for that. That's coming out uh, March 19th. Yeah. <laughs> That, and you're in for a ride for that game. That game was just excellent. I've I've heard that, and I like their I like the uh, developers' other games. I know they did Transistor and they did Bastion. I think yep. were their two big ones. Um, and then uh, we got the final trailer for Bravely Default Two, which comes out in five days, uh, as of today. So it'll be three three days when this goes up. Um. Which I'm I'm super excited for that. I love the Bravely Default series. I have my copy pre-ordered uh, on Amazon, and so it says it won't get here till March, but I'm hoping that it might get here closer to release date. So imagine they ship that copy in March, but then they give you a free copy of Persona Five Strikers. That would be awesome. I have that pre-ordered also. <laughs> uh, those are that's my uh, with with those two games. When they get here, I'm gonna be sitting at 1,900 video games, and I have played maybe not even 10 percent of what I own. <laughs> okay, I'm not much. I'm not much farther along in my collection. I'm, I'm trying to get better. I'm I'm trying to work on on playing more of what I buy instead of just buying it and putting it on the shelf. But um, yeah, I I won't buy a game unless I play it. Like unless I know I'll play it. Like my goal now is if I buy the game, I have to immediately play it and mm-hmm. I have to finish it. And I can't go on until I do it. I've that's how I've been able to one not rack up many games. Um, I've I think. I have almost a hundred percent completion rate of new games now. Um, in the last couple of years, like I got, I've been getting better every year. Like this year, I haven't missed a beat because I haven't bought anything. Um, so, <laughs> um, Personally. last year I think I did all but one. Last, the only game I did not get to last year that was considered new was Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I got for free, um, with a uh, with a gift card that I had in rewards points, I used it to get it and I did not get to start it. But that was the only game. Other than that, I nailed everything. Nice. Yeah. 2019 was only two games. I think I did not finish Astral Chain and Cuphead. Mm-hmm. Well, so, Cuphead is understandable. That game was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only reason I didn't finish Astral Chain is because I was in a massive gaming slump. I had massive burnout and it's like I couldn't get into anything and I just I dropped it and then I didn't get back into gaming until like September when Link's Awakening came back out and then I kind of picked back up the pace. But um, yeah, that's so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. My goal, I don't have a PS5 backlog so far because the games I got on it for Christmas have been beat. So. I'm good there. It's the only console I can say I have 100% completion rate on, and I'm not buying a new game until May. Actually, I'm not buying any games until May. 
when Resident Evil 8 comes out. I've committed to it and I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to message you some point this week cuz I need tips on that cuz I'm horrible. I'm I, in, somewhere like, in the middle or I I'm not going to I'm only going to buy myself a new game if I've at least done like 3 or 4 of mm-hmm. my backlog. <laughs> See that's, that's smart. And you want to honestly the real secret is I just I'm extremely picky now. I will not just buy anything anymore like i'm at the point to where unless it's like a franchise that like i've fallen in love with and dedicated to i won't buy it i won't even buy new ips anymore not because i'm not interested but it's just like i'll wait like i just know i don't need it like and some of them don't get me as excited anymore i've just i've decided to try to save money more i have house projects i want to do and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and trying to save more money, pay down some of... We're trying to pay ahead on a bunch of stuff in terms of debt. It's not like I'm in massive debt. I'm in crippling debt. Like I don't have credit card debt or anything like that, but I'm trying to pay off my wife's car really quickly and just do other stuff like that. And I've just tried to like narrow what it is. Like Right now, a lot of my money is going to finishing my Amiibo collection for Smash Brothers. I've just decided when I found out I only needed seven, I just started looking for deals on them. And like some of the money that I would spend on games over the course of this month, I'm solely spending on Amiibo to finish those. And that's just kind of my way of justifying it. So it's. Well, speaking of Amiibo, uh, I picked up the, the Mario. I said, I got Mario. I picked up the, the cat Mario and the cat peach and Bowser. I didn't have the smash brothers Bowser and I found it at target uh, yesterday. Uh, So I picked that one up. And then, uh, did you get? Did you have Skyward Sword Link, Brad? I did. That was the last one I needed to complete my collection, and I got it for Christmas from my mom. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, I just, I, I just ordered that one, and uh, the price is starting to go up because of Skyward Sword hype. I'm not so. even surprised. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I have the complete Legend of Zelda collection of Amiibo. So, like, and yeah, I finished mm. it last year with the Skyward Sword Amiibo. That was the only, and like I said, that one I got as a gift. Exactly. Um, I don't think that, that's the only, that and Smash Brothers are the only ones I'm collecting. And I've opted not to go for Gold Mega Man for Smash and the <laughs> Player 2, Corrin, Bayonetta, and Cloud because they're impossible and the prices are too exorbitant yeah um and i've just that doesn't I, that's not to me what i count a complete collection is just having one of every character mm-hmm. I'll, so. I'll go over what i have because uh, like i bought a whole bunch for a while and then i i'm gonna get rid of half of them because i i'm just i was gonna get them all and then i just deemed that impossible Dang, I should have talked to you before I started buying. Yeah, some I was about items. to say, hey, when you when you get ready to sell them, get hit us up first, because no, I, I wouldn't sell those. They're just like whatever, just take them. <laughs> All right, I'm just if you've got if you've got a uh, Donkey Kong and Rosalina and Luma and a. Uh, and I a, definitely uh, have some of those, if not all. Oh dang! Okay, well, um, I'm just gonna have to hit. Okay, you know what? We can talk about this offline then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, shoot him a message. <laughs> uh, Slide into my DMs. I will be sliding into your DMs right after this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, you know, back back on the the topic we were on, you know, we're we're getting we we want to buy a house, and we we looked into it. Uh, just like in, in like mid to late January, and uh, yeah, we have like a we have like a like a plan set up of like if we do these things, 
in January or February of next year, we're going to be in exactly where we want to be, get the type of house we want to get, all that kind of stuff. And so, like, I'm really wanting to hunker down and and take care of what we need to take care of and make that happen. And then, like, but I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, everybody's playing Ease 9. Oh, I, I, I need to get Ease 9 right now. So I buy it, and then it's going to sit on my shelf because I, you know, <laughs> I like to play the games in order. So, like, I'm playing Ease Origins right now. I have eight other games to go through before I even touch Ease 9. I like the no. order too, but when I know the series doesn't require an order, mm-hmm. I don't mind skipping. Yeah, and you see, I think Ease is one of those that doesn't require it. Yeah, I think I think you I think because Ease Origins and Ease One and Two I think are like directly connected, but I yeah. think the rest of them are like standalone. So I really could just jump into Ease Nine if I wanted to, but like I'm 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 horrible about like like hype bandwagons, I guess is what you would call it. Like I'd see, I see a lot of people playing this game and I'm like, Oh, I want to play that and I'll buy it and I might play it for, you know, a week and then not touch it again. <laughs> so, yeah, I so I, I, yeah, I'm definitely going to try to get better about that. I like, I like Frank's. I, I, I used to do that in the past where I, I said, I have to beat a game before I buy a game, but I like, I like Frank's thing where I have to beat, you know, four or five before I can, Think yeah, about if it's one. one for one you're never gonna you're, you're yeah, gonna fall yeah. behind <laughs> you're, you're gonna make an exception once here once there because it's like oh i, I need to play that game <laughs> <laughs> well and that's that's what always happens is, is I, I do fine for a couple of months and then i see something i'm like oh my gosh i have to play this right now if i don't play this right now i'm going to die i, mean, and I beat 10 resident it. evil games before age of calamity came out <laughs> oh man so yeah i'm i'm gonna uh, i might be messaging you guys for some more tips as as time goes on because i i'm i'm really trying hard to get better about my game buying because it's it gets out of hand sometimes but uh anyway and then there's me yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you over here. You, you, Eric's you a separate class. Clear. We don't talk about Eric. I just bought 50 games, and Eric's over here like, I wish I had 50 games to play. And I'm like, oh, Eric. <laughs> yeah, like everybody here is just like talking about how they're having troubles with their backlog. And I'm just like sitting here like, what's a backlog? <laughs> <laughs> thing, though, it's not that he doesn't have 50 games to play is that he played 50 games this last week <laughs> exactly there we go <laughs> yeah, like, like, I'm, like, and, like a lot of people are just like complaining how they have like hundreds of games and it's just like sitting there like well if you count all the games i played within the last uh three years i probably played a, played at least like 160 or so games in total i played in and some it's... people's entire libraries that they complain about backlog <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, because last year I beat 78 games, 2019 I beat 62 games, and 2018 I beat like 27 games, and he just count all of that up as it's like enough to last like several people's libraries, and I'm just here like, I kind of need more games, I'm running out of games. On my, I think on you're my the backlog. only person I know that's like completed their entire backlog and then went down the Nintendo freebies in the online service. <laughs> no, Eric's the only person on this planet that doesn't have a backlog, let's be honest. Because like... Because, like, if I'm being honest, because, like, I know that Frank has a challenge of trying to beat my previous, like, games beat of last year. 
And well, I'm just I'll beat it, and then I won't beat this year. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like thinking uh, to myself, like, how many games do I actually even have? Can I even can I even match like the backlog from last year? And I counted all the games I have that I have not played yet as in this moment, and it won't even be enough to to even be 2019's like games beat. So I'm just sitting there like, well, I guess I'm gonna play them all until. I, Beat the entire backlog, and then after that, uh, I guess wait for a sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick before we get into the question of the week, uh, just because I'm curious now, uh, what's everybody's uh, completion total at right now? Do you guys know off the top of your head? Oh God! Just for this year. For I'm sorry, what? The the how many games have you completed in 2021 so far? I'm only at five. Oh, oh uh, 2021. Like, yeah, just 2021. Uh, I can tell you in like two seconds. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now on all the games I've beaten this year. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sitting at uh, seven right now, and I'm hoping I can hit eight this week because that will put me on track at a game a week so far. Yeah, I I'm, won't. I'm working won't on my uh, 16th so game right now. Jeez. I'm currently on. Uh, I currently beat twelve games as of right now. After and assuming I beat it by tomorrow, I'll have uh, Sonic Adventure Two done. Then I think I'll move on to Gravity Rush and all that, and I'll probably beat it before Friday. Are you doing Gravity Rush Remastered or the uh, the original? Uh, Gravity Rush Remastered. I don't have a PS Vita. Okay, I I played that one. I can't remember if I completed that this year or if I did it late last year. Um, but it, it was it was a pretty good one. I enjoyed it. To get yeah. that, it was impossible to find physical for the longest time, so I kind of gave up. It still <laughs> is, at least here in here in the states, it is. It goes for like one hundred and fifty dollars, and GameFly had it, um, and I was gonna buy it from GameFly, but like I had I had some bill come up that I had to pay, so I didn't. I wasn't able to buy it. And then it went on sale at Gamefly, and Wario posted about it, and it sold out. So oh, he tweeted, "It's gone." Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the rule with him. That was the one time I did not like him. Uh, was when he did that because I, I was I had it all planned out. I was uh, and I it, it it sat there for months. Like they had it on sale for like six months. And I was finally, I'm like, I have the money. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. And then he tweeted it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to go right now. And I didn't I didn't get it. So I'm looking at like $150 for a physical copy now. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, I would, I I liked it. I don't necessarily think it's worth $150. Yeah, that's the, that's <laughs> the thing. I, I know it's, I'm not going to like it $150 worth. So I, I'm just going to say too bad for me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can always get it digitally if you really wanted to play it. Yeah, um, I know. but it's not the same. Yeah, it's not. And I mean, I have it on, I have the physical on Vita. So, I mean, at least have a physical copy, but. Yeah. So. I, I just have it digitally because I got it on sale. I got that one in the second game on sale for like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I'll play both of them eventually. I'm going to start the first one. Then I'm just going to like. I'm just like going for like a lot of short games and just revisiting like classic games because after that's like Jet Set, Jet Set Radio on Steam. Yeah, yeah. I think what I need to do is find a BFF with a digital library and just hijack here and there. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I have I have some. I don't have all that many though. I have a ton of just the PlayStation Plus freebies. Yeah, oh, I got I all have, those. <laughs> I have like, I would say out of the because I count, I count digital games in my collection if they don't have a physical release. Um, and I would say out of my nineteen hundred, probably maybe two or three hundred of those are digital. Yeah. So, um, but well, let's let's get into the uh, the question of the week. Um, this week, I uh, want to know uh, what got you into gaming. Uh, how did you start gaming? Um, and we'll just go down the the same order we did the week. So let's start with uh, Eric. Mm, I would just say um, my sister's N64 that she ended up passing on to me. That was probably around the time when uh, Mario 64 came out, as well as like like a couple other games. Like that, because I don't remember much about when I started gaming, but like from what my parents had told me, I started it when I was like three years old. And that was around the time when, you know, the N64 was out, and then Pokemon Blue and all that. And then one of the most vivid memories that I still have to this day was around Christmas time when my parents gave me a brand new. Game Boy Advance SP with Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. And to this day, I still have those games. I don't have the, the Game Boy Advance SP. I didn't know how to get a new one. But that was like the primary reason why I ended up just becoming a gamer. And I think from there, I think GTA San Andreas was the one that opened my eyes to like the whole horizon of just games that I could play. And just like the whole new world that I was going to go into. Uh, what about you, Frank? What what got you started in the gaming? Uh, like my memory of it is vague, but I was probably around the same age, three years old. Uh, my grandpa, my grandpa had a, an NES and like when I'd visit with my mom, uh, I'd played sometimes and like uh, that's basically like my stepping stone into the gaming world and then it like i was actively gaming here and there but uh when banjo kazooie came out like that was the one that made me fall in love with gaming and like like i go yeah that's it the rest of my life is for games now (laughs) and uh brad how'd you get your start my mother um so i was like two almost i think i was closer to three but my mom said i was two or something she was was a lifelong gamer so she started like on atari um and play like space invaders all night and then my dad bought her a nes when they were dating and she played super mario all the time and so that's what i started on was like super mario bros mega man stuff like that and um then we got a uh, playstation one and then um I started playing like Crash Bandicoot and I'd watch her playing Tomb Raider and then eventually I'd start playing it and just kind of evolved from there. Well, I, I, I have kind of a multi-part answer to this one. Um, I started gaming, I was about two, maybe three years old. Um, I, was, <laughs> I had a Windows 3.1 computer and I played ALF on the, on the computer. Uh, was oh, wow. I think my very first video game. I can't remember anything about it. I, I 
it, it's I just remember that it was Alf. That and, good, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was in the computer room. Um because the, the computer was like my dad's old computer. He got Windows 95, a new computer with Windows 95. So I got the Windows 3.1 computer. Um forget <laughs> how much older I am than all you guys. <laughs> yeah, you got you got a couple of years on us. Um and then uh what really cemented, I guess, gaming as like my primary um I don't want to say hobby because it's it's so much more than that. But what really like cemented my love for gaming uh, was Pokemon uh, back that came out when I was in second grade. Um, and I started playing Pokemon Blue and just fell in love with it. And that's really when gaming became kind of my only, uh, I guess, like entertainment based focus. Um, and then uh, as as far as like how I am now with collecting uh i really just started i started collecting was it maybe six years ago seven years ago now um because uh the uh when i worked at the public library they they had a like an anime pop culture convention kind of like comic-con but small town and uh my wife ran it for a while um really up until she left the the public library because that's where we met um and they had a a guy. His name is oh gosh, what was his name? Joe Sullivan. He's a pretty big collector out of Oklahoma. Um, they had him come in as like a guest and show some of his collection, and he did like a presentation. And part of my job that weekend was to run his presentation, and so I got to sit there. I got to talk with him about how he was gonna, you know, how he wanted things run. Got to go through all of his his like set list and. Uh, just really started talking to him about, you know, collecting and why he collected and and stuff like that. And that's what really kind of inspired me to be where I, where I am now with like I'm trying to build this game collection, trying to have a bit of the history of you know this great medium. So, well, uh. As always, we want to know what uh, what your answers are. We want to know how you got into gaming. Uh, so you can let us know on Twitter at gaming uh, gamers night out pod one. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that memorized one of these days. Uh, I think next week I'll have it down. Um, and then you can email it to us uh, also at gamers night out pod at gmail dot com. Um, and you can also email us any other questions that you'd like us to answer on the show. Um, and other than that, I don't have anything, uh, anything else to add. Do you guys have anything? I'm good, man. Just everybody have a, uh, wonderful rest of their weekend and, uh, and enjoy the upcoming week. Yeah, that's about my sentiments. <laughs> Same here. Only thing I can say is go and watch the Tom and Jerry movie that's coming out this week, either in theaters or in HBO Max. I was expecting Godzilla. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we we get we still got a couple of weeks before Godzilla. Was it two two weeks yeah. now? Uh, a month now. Oh, was it a month? I thought it was yeah. March fifth. March twenty sixth. I think it's March thirty first in some country, like in the United States, and March twenty sixth on some other countries. Okay. But well, we got a month before Godzilla. So <laughs> there we go. <Yeah. laughs> so, 
All righty. Well, we will uh, catch you guys next week and, uh, you know, uh, have a good week. That's it. Take care.